Working as the Post and Courier's Clemson reporter, I get to cover some of the top teams in the nation. One of the things that makes my job really interesting is being able to be at the facility, talking to the players, getting to learn their stories. With a subscription to the Tiger Take, you'll not only get to read everything I write on postandcourier.com, but you'll also get the latest updates straight to your inbox. But more than that, you'll get insights that you won't find anywhere else. Hi, this is Gene Sapikoff, sports columnist and college sports editor for the Charleston Post and Courier. Welcome to our weekly edition of Countdown to Kickoff, starring Post and Courier Clemson beat reporter John Blau. If you'd like to see more of John's insight about things on and off the field, Clemson Tiger, uh, all, everything Clemson Tigers, check out postandcourier.com slash the Tiger Take. John, uh, always these last few weeks, got to start with a Clemson injury report and what you expect from the Tigers going up to Chestnut Hill for a game against Boston College on Saturday night on ABC. Uh, Brian Rizzi is out. We know that for sure. Um, he, he has had a kidney issue um, that he's had to have checked out, have tests done. And supposedly he's doing better, uh, um, but Dabo Sweeney says that he needs to kind of work his way up, continue to be day-to-day, condition, things like that. So he's going to be held out of the Boston College game. Xavier Thomas, the defensive end, he's been out obviously all five games as far as this season. Dabo Sweeney says he practiced last week. He's still practicing. He's been really close, and he said that I think for about two or three weeks now that he's really close. Uh, but we'll see if he's actually back. I would expect Sheridan Jones back as well, a cornerback. And um, obviously, Andrew Bakuba made his way back last week, had the targeting call. It was in the first half, so he'll be fine. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, gist of it. Um, getting a couple pieces back, we're probably still going to be without one big piece in Brian Brzee. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, John. After this, you've got a home game against Syracuse and then a bye week for Clemson before that Notre Dame game. So obviously you can't take Syracuse lightly, probably can't take a road game against Boston College lightly either, even though they have struggled a lot until beating Louisville last week. But let's go back to the NC State game. Quite a showcase for the Tigers. They kind of get down. And then I think it was a 24-3 to run that they had there to really put the game away. And, and they're up 30-13 to before that last uh, fairly meaningless touchdown by the Wolfpack. What really impressed you on offense and on defense for Clemson against the Wolfpack? I think it's the same old story. I mean, DJ Uyunglele, the way he's able to manage the offense and not just with his arm, but just running the ball. I mean, he had a great uh, 38-yard run uh, that helped kind of set up one scoring drive. Um, The way he was able to sit in the pocket for a solid five seconds and just wait behind his protection and hit Will Shipley on his fifth read uh, all the way down to the one-yard line to score that one touchdown before half. And and honestly, the way they play complementary football, because up to this point, it seemed like one unit had to pick up the other in, in all of these games. But obviously the offense goes down and scores to end the first half. And then you get a great stop on the first drive of the second half by the defense. Barrett Carter comes uh, into the backfield on a blitz and absolutely obliterates Devin Leary. Uh, that sets them back. And then Clemson gets the ball back, scores again. So just the way they've been able to complement each other And obviously, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, just being able to stop the run. Um, NC State was completely one-dimensional in that game because they were only able to get 34 yards on the ground. So um, just a very overall 
uh, impressive performance from Clemson. I think exactly the kind of performance you wanted to see to feel better about them, especially coming off of Wake Forest. And now they have a chance to really grow and build here as they go through the rest of the ACC schedule. And if you'd like more of this sort of John Blau insight, check out his newsletter, postandcurrier.com slash the Tiger Tank. John, um, a lot of, uh, or some segments of Clemson Nation and others were a little hard on Wes Goodwin, the new defensive coordinator coming out of that Wake Forest double overtime game. There seemed to be, you know, some confusion maybe in the secondary and just other stuff associated with a high scoring game in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. How do you think Wes Goodwin acquitted himself against NC State, understanding that, you know, Devin Leary, not Sam Hartman, not anybody else, was the ACC uh, player of the year pick coming out of the ACC kickoff thing and that Wolfpack, in theory at least, has a very good offense. Um, Wes Goodwin, your thoughts? Yeah, obviously the Wake Forest game, I think the one critique was that they didn't adjust fast enough. Obviously, uh, they let those corners sit on islands, got burned a lot. I don't think they allowed that to happen this week. Um, and also they made an adjustment in terms of Andrew McCuba coming back. Didn't just play him at safety. They had him a ton at corner, uh, which kind of helped solidify uh, that kind of young, somewhat struggling rotation there. Um, but whether it's Wes Goodwin or it's just the players playing better, I mean, again, they benefited from a, a much better pass rush uh, in this game. I mean, just KJ Henry, Miles Murphy, a lot of those guys who really hadn't popped a lot in the in the in the pass rush I mean Clemson was able to not blitz a ton obviously that Barrett Carter um, play I was talking about uh, to start the second half but get a lot of pressure with just that front four and able to get home and, and really you know get after Devin Larry to to an extent I think was really big uh, but in terms of yeah I mean as a defensive coordinator you have to give Wes Goodwin credit I mean it seemed like he put them in the right positions to make plays and Devin Leary, like you said, I mean, he did not go bonkers in that game. I think it was about 250 yards passing, which, you know, is a nice day, but it's not out of this world like Sam Hartman was the week before. So uh, I think Wes Goodwin was able to make the proper adjustments and uh, he's got players coming back now as well, uh, which definitely helps. John, let's uh, dig a little deeper into DJ Uwe Ungawale. Dabo Sweeney has said the difference in a word is confidence. I, I also think that if you could elaborate, it's confidence in teammates. If you looked at the games the first week or two last year, the first few weeks, uh, the typical drop back would be DJU dropping back and saying, oh, wait a minute, where, where's Travis Etienne? Where, where's Amari Rogers? They're not here. Awkward throw. Um, now he's much, much more decisive. And I wonder if a lot of that doesn't have to do with the fact that guys like Randall Williams and maybe mostly Davis Allen seem to be really emerging as almost like all ACC caliber guys, for sure, Davis Allen. Um, what, what can you say about the way the receiver group has kind of improved? Yeah, I mean, Dabo Sweeney said this a million times last year, and I don't know if we always listen to him. He says, you know, it's not just DJ. It's that we're not good enough around DJ. Um, and I think sometimes that would be seen as deflection for a quarterback who's struggling. But, but I do think there was some truth to that. Um, you had a lot of really inexperienced players um, in the receiving core, and then you had some moving pieces in the offensive line. Again, I come back to number one. I think just the protection he's getting is, is the biggest deal. And the fact that he had Blake Miller – a true freshman right tackle out there who's holding his own 
uh, not allowing a lot of leakage. And you have Jordan McFadden on that left side. He has the just the calmness and the poise now to sit back there, work through his progressions. And like you said, yeah, I think that there are receivers that he has trust in. I think Antonio Williams has come in and proven as a true freshman that he's ready for the moment. I mean, he does not. Uh, if there's a pass in his vicinity, he does not drop it, and he finds ways to get open. So he's been absolutely uh, clutch. Um, Bo Collins has taken a step forward as a sophomore. I think he's a guy who, again, he has a ton of rapport with going back, back to high school uh, in California. Obviously, they know each other really well. Davis Allen, um, you bring up Davis Allen, but I think they have two really great tight ends, which is really rare to have, and Davis Allen and Jake Brenningstool, who – DJ can just throw up a jump ball and, and he knows those two guys are going to come down with it. Two very athletic guys who are, are very, um, you know, have great ball skills. They're able to come down with those jump ball situations. And even Will Shipley, again, going down the sideline, hitting him with a laser, the guy snags it and nearly scores a touchdown. So he's got a lot more pieces around him that, that he, A, has in practice and can get some continuity with them throughout the week, and B, when he gives them an opportunity to make a play, they have made a play. So I think that gives him a lot of confidence, and I think everybody's kind of uh, building off of each other right now, and that that offense just has a ton of confidence, and they're having fun making plays out, making plays out there. I mean, I just think of the smile on DJ's face coming across the goal line on that bootleg. I mean, it just seems like he's in a different place mentally. Really good point, John, about the two tight ends and about Will Shipley kind of inventing a wheel route out of an impromptu uh, scramble by DJU against NC State. Now, um, let's talk a little bit off the field here, John. And uh, I just wonder if you have any idea what you're getting into going into Massachusetts this weekend, because the Red Sox stink. They will not be in the playoffs. The New England Patriots are having one, one of the worst seasons ever, again, with Bill Belichick. Boston College isn't very good. So two questions. One, uh, what kind of uh, anger and wrath do you expect from the sports fan of Metropolitan Boston? And two, uh, where are you going to find a, a good bowl of chowder? Huh. Well, I'm expecting not to encounter the wrath all that much because I'm just going to try to avoid them because I'm going into Providence and then driving an hour to the game. And then I'm going to stay in Boston late that night and sneak out. So I hopefully I won't have to deal with too much of the uh, Boston wrath and anger. Um, as far as the bowl of chowder, I guess I'm going to have to figure that out on, on my way. I haven't, I haven't done any pre-research, but I guess I'll uh, go and figure that out later. I recommend the Freedom Trail and Faneuil Hall. If you haven't been there, you probably have. Let's talk about the Boston College Eagles. Kind of a weird team. Pro probably the most disappointing team in the ACC. Uh, now, I guess Virginia probably is that. But anyway, they lose to Rutgers. They get hammered by Virginia Tech, which, you know, it are, is lost to Old Dominion, etc. But then come back and win a, a really gutty game. And Jeff Halfley, very, very emotional. In fact, that's the word he used in the interview on the field after the game, beating Louisville last week um, at BC. What do you make of Boston College? Yeah, I mean, like you said, just um, some really not so great performances. And then obviously coming out with a shootout win over Louisville, uh, what to make of them, I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see. But, you know, Clemson and, and Dabo Sweeney's talked about, they always have a tough battle against those guys. I mean, if you even if you go back two years, um, you know, obviously DJU was starting at quarterback because Trevor Lawrence got COVID and 
Clemson, you know, has a slow start. They have to battle their way back in that game. I mean, Boston College, for whatever reason, gives Clemson problems. Uh, it was a 19 to 13 game last year. Um, it's a very physical team is what Dabo Sweeney said. He expects, you know, it to be a really physical game. And then also Zay Flowers um, is a star receiver and Phil Dracovic is able to make some plays again in the ball. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a game that Clemson should win. I mean, if they were to lose it, it would obviously be a huge upset. But it, it is a it is a game that could maybe be closer than you think, uh, where where people come out of it a little, you know, maybe disappointed that the score is not as a wide of a margin as you think it should be. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I have I have no clue. Well, speaking of uh, a clues or no clues or lots of clues, this is that countdown kickoff time of the week where we wish we had a drum roll and we ask post and courier beat reporter john blau for a score prediction for clemson against boston college on abc prime time saturday night in chestnut hill massachusetts john your thoughts i'm gonna go uh 34 to 13 how about that yeah, um, I, th I think that sounds pretty good. And that would also have Clemson barely covering a spread if, if people are into that sort of thing. Well, for John Blau, I'm Gene Sapikoff, the Charleston Post and Courier. Thanks for joining us on Countdown to Kickoff. And if you would like more of John Blau's Clemson football insights, check out postandcourier.com slash the tiger take.